0: Welcome to another episode of AC Critical, a podcast where my friends and I talk all things gaming. I'm Javel, joined by Gabe. Hello. Brandon.
1: Hey, everyone.
0: And Kelly. Hi, guys. And today we've got a lot of stuff going on. We're going to talk all about gaming news once again. And then, of course, we're going to come back. And I said that we we're going to have a special guest today. He's going to pop in a little bit later, hopefully, if he gets the chance. And then we're going to have a wonderful talk with my great friend... But until then, we're going to talk all about video games. So first things first, how are you guys? What have you been playing?
1: Very quickly. Oh, we're talking about what we've been playing? Yeah, no, games have been cool. Uh, Captain Toad, Birth of the Wild, trying to do that DLC. It's pretty cool. And um, that's pretty much it for me. It's been a slow game week.
2: Uh, I've played nothing uh, for a few weeks now. I have kittens, so any waking moment that I'm not at work, I'm spending with them. Even when I'm supposed to be at work, I'm still spending time with them, just watching them sleep. I don't care. It's more entertaining than any video game I've ever played. Mm. No no regrets. Uh, but yeah, sorry, I haven't played any games. I, I haven't played shit
3: either. Yeah. Been well, I've been playing Chivalry 2, uh, Ocarina of Time, the 3D remake, and yeah. Smash Bros. That's actually about it that's still the same thing you always play no because i've never once said i've played Chival i was talking Wii about two. smash bros
0: what's yeah you know, <laughs> geez, and he can't. starts to yell at me look, I
3: guess, look because the last time i'm gonna say i'm saying this like it was a while ago but literally when i went on vacation i didn't play smash bros for like a week and a half and i got back and it was just horrible so i never want to go through that again so i'm trying to play very frequently Well,
0: something that none of us have to go through anymore, (laughs) segue, is the... Actually, no, it didn't work out. I messed up the segue, whatever. Anyway, so the first thing we're going to talk about is Pokemon Sword and Shield. I don't know if you guys remember, but a while ago, Mm -hmm. there was a leak for Pokemon Sword and Shield, which showed off a bunch of information, including the entire new Pokemon from the Pokedex, which I may or may not have seen. I didn't see it because I'm a good person. I didn't look. Um, I didn't look either. But... Uh, it turns out that those leakers, which we knew they were going to be in some type of trouble, uh legal trouble. It turns out that those two Pokemon Sword and Shield leakers from 2019 will be forced to pay $150,000 each. This is from uh, Nintendo News uh, and updates on Twitter. So, $150,000 each for spoiling Pokemon Sword and Shield. How do we feel about that?
1: I- <laughs> Nintendo don't play. Nintendo don't play. Those ninjas come and they strike hard, man. It's just like I don't. For the leakers, it certainly wasn't worth it to for that. For that, they didn't want that smoke. They thought they wanted that smoke. They didn't want that smoke. And now they're just like, hundred fifty thousand dollars seems like really steep. But like, that's a grim reminder of how much these companies will mess you up if you spoil their shit, especially Nintendo. So like, at steep? the same time, like hundred fifty thousand dollars, like. But at the same time, it's like that's, they're in the right to do that, man. Like, uh, do you think? I don't think. Sweet? I really don't think it was worth it in the end. I don't feel like it's that cheap. We have I suppose
3: 50, nice. you have, have fifteen hundred dollars later on?
0: One hundred fifty thousand dollars? No. Fifteen thousand? How much did I say? I it's one hundred fifty k. One hundred fifty thousand dollars? No, I don't have one hundred fifty thousand dollars laying around. But <laughs> I feel like <laughs> I don't because I can only imagine. Being Nintendo, right, and uh, this is the big thing. Their big marketing ploy for Sword and Shield was to not show off literally anything. Right? Yeah, they didn't show we didn't anything. Even get the final forms for the Pokemon. Like we always got them before. We got absolutely nothing because they wanted people to really enjoy playing through this game and having that sense of wonder and feeling like, oh shit, this is a new region. We know nothing about it. Like this is gonna be
1: a lot of fun, dude. I, I remember I remember the night that it came out and seeing freaking it for the first time and exactly. not knowing this thing existed. And that was within minute three exactly. of playing. It was like, oh my God, look at this cute squirrel. Like that, exactly. like for, for context, is like uh, the Rattata of like the sword and shield. And they didn't even show that. So it was just that and like so many other Pokemon that just got a surprise for someone like me and Yujiro who yeah. didn't look at the leaks. Yeah. And I think that was a really special experience I for a lot of my, people.
0: I usually pick my Pokemon starters based on what they look like in the end because ew, I'm not trying to walk around with no ugly ass Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> but... <sighs> sorry, my cat. I'm sorry, my cat. Just was, it was my cat. Uh, so I usually pick my Pokemon based on how cute they are. Anyone who's played Pokemon with me knows that. And so going into this, it was very much that sense of wonder of being a kid playing Pokemon for the first time and having no idea what this region was um, supposed to be about. And unfortunately, when you have leakers that are literally going against your entire marketing ploy, I think $150,000 is not that steep because if the leak took on uh, a, a life that it could have potentially, it could have ruined their entire game. Like, it's mm-hmm. not just like a, oh shit, they leaked Pokemon. It's like our entire marketing ploy has been destroyed by two assholes who got the game early. And if- and we obviously we don't know the ramifications it had. It could have had some ramifications. You know, people could have seen it and decided this isn't something that they want. Um, and that's you know sixty bucks that Nintendo didn't get from Pokemon. They already had people complaining about not having a national Pokedex and all these other complaints that came about before the game even came out. So leaking it could potentially do more damage than one hundred fifty thousand dollars per person, like three hundred thousand right. dollars worth of damage. We don't know how much damage their leaks caused, so I don't think it's too steep. Also, if you get a game early and you sign. A fucking NDA, don't fucking break it. It's that simple. Mm-hmm. I'm done. I like Pokemon, so I'm a hater. Gabe, <laughs> you're a mute.
3: What? Oh no, I just I didn't, didn't say you. what I said out loud. Oh, <laughs> well, what did you say? I said we can tell. <laughs> All right, before Pokemon. I move on,
0: is there anything <laughs> else that you'd like to you guys would like to say on this? Was it too much, not enough? Too speed. I don't think care? it's
3: too much. Like I I the points you made I didn't think about, but they're very good points. But I don't know, like one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, that's
2: that's expensive.
3: Like It's just funny to me
2: where Gabe will draw the line on
3: things. (laughs) Life yeah. in to prison for room. this thing, yeah, but exactly. I okay, okay, no, 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 hold on. I wanted to throw someone in prison for reenacting someone's death and showing it to the family. That's completely different than a leaked fucking video game, which, mind you,
2: but they isn't even that good. Contract? I don't. That's illegal. Uh, I, was to, I was trying to get. Uh, wait, actually, is that criminal? No, I guess it's only no. Uh, like, a leak?
3: Civil, yeah, leaking civil, things you know? because everyone does that. So, but like, okay, but no, look, no, 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 well, no, hold on, hold on, mm-hmm. because I don't want this to get into a big thing. Again, I'm saying I agree <laughs> with you. The points you made were very clear. Me personally, though, as someone who I guess doesn't like Pokemon as much as you do, that doesn't really affect me as much. Now, if you put it like I'm thinking about it, you put it in perspective. If someone goes and leaks the title of Breath of the Wild 2, which Nintendo has stated, we don't want to say it yet because it's going to tell you what the game is, then... I'm pretty sure I'd be like, yeah, you know what, $150,000 isn't game. enough. Yeah, so I, I get where you're coming from, but me, again, it's Pokemon, so I'm like, I don't, I don't, know. Like, I didn't. That's what? the same
0: thing. You're literally.
3: The, I know, like, I know. That's that's what I said. I said, Leaking I Pokemon you, is po- It's the game. Like, I know. That's what I'm saying. Right now, I feel like it's nothing, but I'm pretty sure if someone grabbed Breath of the Wild too and said, "Hey, the new title for Breath of the Wild is Return to the Sky," I'm like, well, what the fuck and i'll be mad about it but right you know i just feel like it still. all
0: depends i know the last thing i want to say on this but i do feel like it all depends because like if i got a review code for a game and i signed an nda saying i wasn't going to talk about it and then i spoiled someone and talked about it i'm sure they're going to come after my ass legally so because i it, broke the fucking contract it i don't that
3: they let other people play the game or was it just leaks like you know, no, text this, leaks online. I
0: know that one of these leaks was uh, specifically from a website that got the game early to get the review out of it. And they basically data mined, collected everything that they played in the game and posted it online. Oh. And not only that, they they also posted the ending scene of the game online. And then that okay. also caused people to talk shit about it.
3: You see, I didn't know they posted the ending scene. I feel like once you start posting footage, then, you know, you're getting to that line.
0: But when you post Pokemon in a Pokemon game, like that is the that's the game, that's the spoiler.
1: Yeah.
3: No, it's it is. You know, thing. but I mean, you know, there's gonna be Pokemon in it. Like again, I yeah, know but you don't know what Pokemon, going Pokemon to is, be. is. The <laughs> starter thing I understand. Like we didn't know what the starters were gonna look like in the end. Um, I was gonna go off somewhere completely different there, but like I feel like posting like actual like actual like the scene like a scene itself like images we're gonna get images regardless like people are gonna make up stamp something blah 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 but like the video itself like if you post a video of anything i feel like then yeah that's kind of like you're getting a little too like
0: yeah they posted a yeah. video and then the video made the rounds and it was just like why does this game look so bad as a pokemon game and um i think brandon did you do you know what i'm talking about the 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 very end when you're catching the legendaries is the portion that was shown and they were um it was like pre whatever I don't yeah, care. Yeah, I don't know what so,
1: you, I don't know anything about what Lee will show in the leaks at all. So, there's I have a no because we're good where, people and we don't look for
0: leaks. There's a scene where you're catching uh, Zamazenta or Zacian, um at the very end of the game mm-hmm. and um, depending on like which one you pick, they they kind of they look kind of like there's a section where they turn the uh, the Pokémon's body turns without like the Pokémon moving. Do you know what I'm talking about? (laughs) Um, That was the section that was leaked. And so everyone was like, wow, this is the end of the game. It's going to look like trash. And of course, this is another reason that now you're fucking with somebody's money. So pay your 150 and learn your lesson. So speaking of paying money, uh, Five Nights at Freddy's creator, Scott Coffin announced his retirement after a political donation backlash. So he's best known as the creator of the indie breakout Five Nights at Freddy's. Has anybody played it?
1: Oh, I've so
2: seen scary it, but I haven't played it's, it, now. To be honest, children play it a lot. Children are into Five Nights at Freddy's now, even though I thought it was supposed to be really scary, but, like, I've seen a lot of children playing it, so I'm like, eh, no.
0: Well, okay, <laughs> whether it's scary or not, uh, he talks about reminiscing with fans who've sent him letters and fan art over the years, and now he's had a wonderful time with it. Uh, but he apparently got caught donating to some places and people politically that not everyone agreed with. Uh, There is an article here at Game Informer that says, uh, Scott continues to post by talking about the passage of time and how creating games has transitioned from something he would do in his free time for fun and for his kids. Uh, Getting to the crux of the announcement, he said that all of this is to say that I am retiring. I've been shown tremendous love and support over this last week, a lot of which has come from the LGBTQ community. Uh, the kindness shown to me has been surreal. While he mentions the LGBT community, Scott has been strongly criticized recently for his contributions to politicians who have supported legislation or have views that many believe do not favor his marginalized group. A list of his donations in, in recent years made its rounds not too long ago. Some of the campaigns he supported including, uh, include Devin Nunes, Ben Carson, Tulsi Gabbard, and former president of the United States, Donald Trump. Cawthorn's retirement post doesn't mention that these donations are connected to his retirement but he's recently defended his actions in a lengthy Reddit post titled My Response and maybe Late Post. Um, And what he goes on to say is even if there were candidates who had better things to say to the LGBT community directly and bigger promises to make. I believe that their stances on other issues would have ended up doing much greater harm to those communities than good. This is from his Reddit post. He also said, I've always been supportive of creators and have tried to treat everyone fairly and treat everyone with dignity and respect. I've never cared about anyone's race, religion, gender, or orientation. I just treat people as people everyone the same. And because of that, I've ended with a very diverse group of people that I've worked with over the years. Uh, so that's pretty much the crux of it. Do you guys feel like someone should be held accountable for where they make donations if they're a game developer? Like, does that matter to you? Or should we all just not care where his money goes and play his game if we like it and don't play it if you don't want to?
2: Uh, I mean, I, I guess you wouldn't want to be giving that person money if they're going to be taking it and donating it to places that you don't want it to go um but i i pretty much i don't look into what like i don't know who makes what games i've played on steam i don't know their political affiliations like i want to enjoy like the content that i like and if i find this out like now i probably maybe wouldn't support but i don't go looking for it because Sometimes I don't really want to know because I just want to enjoy things. Like, I just want to enjoy Chick-fil-A. Why do you have to be such a (laughs) bastard, damn it? You know, like, (laughs) sometimes I just want to enjoy things and I just don't want to know. But at the same time, I I guess it's important and you probably should know where your money is going. And I don't know. It doesn't really matter to us because we haven't played the game, but maybe I wouldn't pick it up now if it was on Steam
0: sale. I, I don't know. There's a new one coming out. But I think there we is saw a new one, one out. of there's those. always a new one coming out. I think out. we saw it. We watched it together. No, at like.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. Something. I think it sounds. Like, I think sounds when right we actually. saw the
0: Smash announcement, it I think they showed the a trailer at the same time.
1: Well, it, uh, it might have been a little bit like like afterwards, but I think it was part of the game annu- game awards announcements. Sounds uh, that sounds right.
2: Okay, I don't know. I don't remember. Well, Maybe I just didn't care. Money, so well, mm-hmm. <laughs> bye.
1: <laughs> uh, Brandon Gabe. Yeah, no, I'm pretty much. A, I don't have too much more to say besides what Kelly already said. It's not something I definitely go looking for. Like, if I like a game, I just play it. Or if I want to watch Mood like I don't. I I, I I unless it's something I really like, I don't really look by the, too much at the behind the scenes. I just kind of do the thing and enjoy it. And if it happens to come out and I'm not happy with it, then I have to take it on a case by case basis. Like, eh. um, like for example, I'll give you a really good example: <clears throat> Roni Kenjin. It's one of my favorite manga series of all time, but I found out maybe a few years ago that the uh, mangaka who wrote Roni Kenshin is actually a pedophile and he was like uh, getting pictures of like uh, like girls, little girls. And I was like, well, fuck me, funny. and like <laughs> so I was I was you know? like, so like I wasn't gonna throw away my entire Roni Kenshin collection because that series means a lot to me, but I certainly won't be supporting any future things that he may be doing in the in the future, like. Like I, I, like I'm not gonna suddenly pretend like I hate Roni Kenjin. Like I'm just not. That's again, this series meant a lot to me. But like, it's like once you know that, like, how can I, you know, burning, burning or throwing out my collection is not going to take away the money that guy's already got. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's a, that that that's 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 the point. That's the, that's the point I'm trying to make here. So like, it's it's you fi- yeah. If sometimes if you dig, is sometimes you'll find some really bad stuff. It's I guess that was the point I'm trying to make. And I feel like
2: that's probably like worst case scenario, though. That, that that's is the like, worst case scenario. Like political donations, like okay, all right, let's be honest, I deal with that. But pedophilia, like hard, pass, yeah, like hard no on that. That's pretty much like the worst possible thing. So that was yeah,
1: very so unexpected. So that that that's that's definitely the other extreme. This is. What's, what's going on here is definitely more of a middle thing because it's like you may not agree with like the political opinions of the person that's like, you know, giving these donations, but at the end of the day, it's politics and people are going to feel one way or the other about these things. And that's if you don't agree, then, of course, you're not going to be inclined to give money. And if you do agree, you might pour more money. So that's what it is like. It's not it's not, it's not like like better <laughs> feeling. I think we can all agree is pretty fucking bad. This one like it's really just it's it's kind of a gray area in, the, in this instance but again i don't really care about five nights and freddys so this uh, hearing this is like it's like oh well damn oh well <laughs> okay i mean in comparison okay <laughs> like, yeah. yeah
0: uh and with that we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back but make sure you stay and listen to these sponsored episodes so we can get paid Welcome back, everybody, to uh, the same episode of HB Critical. We took a little break, and we are now joined by my wonderful friend, Austin. Austin, you want to Hello. say hi, to everybody? Awesome. So before yeah. we continue on with all the subjects that uh, we're going to talk about, uh, everybody needs to know how fucking awesome Austin is. And I'm going to let him tell you guys a little bit about himself.
1: I'll just say real quick uh, before he talks, is like, I think it's awesome that he, he could uh, join us all the way from freaking Planet Namek. That's dope. That's literally yeah. just how fucking yeah. cool he is. Yeah, I
4: did a lot of the math and uh, it was wrong at first, uh, but I got it right this time, so I'm like stoked. Um, But no, I I, I appreciate you guys having me on. Um, Like I said, I'm Austin. Uh, I'm a producer in the video game industry. I uh, started out as QA on games like Bioshock Infinite and Infamous Second Sons. Um, And uh, for the past like three years, I've been doing production. working at places like Mojang on Minecraft Earth, uh, Hardsuit Labs. Uh, previously, they were working on um, Vampire Masquerade Bloodlines 2, and now working at WB San Diego on
0: something I can't talk about. Um,
4: but yeah, I've known Jerrell for like four years. We used to write articles
0: on a different site together, and uh, now I'm here. And he's fucking awesome. If, like, you guys don't know, if you don't follow him, I'm gonna like plug all of his shit because you need to be following him. He's fucking amazing. He's one of the nicest people I've ever met. And, like, he's my big brother and I fucking love him. And, really quick, I'm blush into oblivion. I am uh, no! just gonna like evaporate. <laughs> uh, so, really quick, there's a, a very tiny story there um, about A 3 Critical's logo, which um, I'm not sure if Austin knows this. I think he does. I messaged him. Because oh, he has these really fucking awesome tattoos on his arm. And I messaged him and I was like, Austin, send me a picture of your tattoos. And then he sent me the wrong arm, yeah. which it's, it's fine because his other arm is still cool as fuck. So he sent me uh-huh. his arm. Yes, he sent me his arm. And for anyone who's listening, he has um, the master sword. He has the keyblade. He has mm-hmm. the buster sword. And he has the uh, a lightsaber. Okay. And I was in the process of working with some people to design the HP Critical... um logo and i totally stole austin's arm and that's why you have the uh master sword and the keyblade and the um the uh buster sword in the Ace critical logo because i stole it from austin and i told him i'm also going to steal his tattoo at some point so that's how fucking cool he is i'm stealing things from him it's like rocket raccoon i totally need that guy's arm I was, I was like, yo, this is like, I, I had an epiphany. I was like, Austin, send me your arm. This is like, you know, two years ago. And he's so cool. He's just like, yeah, okay, no problem. And he just sent it like right there. And that's how fucking awesome he is. I love him so much. Thank you for being here. I love and... you too.
4: Thank you for having me.
0: I'm going to cry. I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to cry. I'm going I'm to be a big boy anyway so uh we were just talking about Austin because uh right before this started we were just talking about uh signing NDAs and breaking NDAs and games leaking and you were having a conversation that I wanted to um have on the podcast so what are your general thoughts about when things like that happen um well I think that
4: NDAs are super useful yeah like um it's just an agreement that says hey we're working on this thing don't tell anybody about it because we have plans to do all these things right and so It's just a professional courtesy uh, that I think makes a lot of sense as a baseline. But um, there's a lot of scenarios where companies will use them kind of like to chokehold their employees, ex-employees, anybody else who might have signed it. Uh, And that kind of stuff can be kind of rough because you have people who work on games for years and years that never get released. And then because of NDAs, they can't show any of their work. Um, You have people who are in really bad, like office or studio environments, and if they tell anybody about it, they have like potential legal ramifications. Um, so it's it's kind of it's kind of like a double-edged sword uh, because leaks are, suck. Nobody wants leaks, uh, especially when you've been working on something for a long time. But uh, but yeah, it it I feel like they have to be used like responsibly.
0: And I think that's a that's a very fair point. I completely agree with you. And uh, how do you feel about game leaks in general? We were talking specifically about um, the Pokemon Sword and Shield leaks that came out, and how uh, then you know they're they're charging the leakers one hundred and fifty thousand dollars each. Uh, do you think that's too much? I, I don't know. Like, how do you feel about that?
4: I I re- that's a really good question. Um, I. I have respect for people who are like technologically savvy enough to like break through like corporate level structures to like pull stuff or figure it out. Like, like, it's like, that's kind of cool, you know, like the hacker vibe a little bit, but if it's just people who are disgruntled employees passing stuff along, or if it was like other stuff, that like that blows, like, I think about it like this. Have you ever tried to plan a surprise party or wanted a surprise party to happen or, or something along those lines. And you found out about it or somebody else who you're planning it for finds out about it. Like, it just deflates everything right like you're, you're like trying to build all this anticipation and tension and you're really excited about this thing you're building uh but then somebody goes and just kind of lets all the air out of it and uh and that, that can be really um that's kind of heavy it kind of hurts
0: exactly that's why i said you know I, they don't i don't think they'll agree with me but i did say that um, $150,000 per, per person. I felt like that was enough. And I, I, not because I think, I don't, I do think it's a lot of money, but uh, I was saying that, you know, Pokemon's entire marketing scheme at the time was to not share anything. It was to make sure that everyone went in blind and they had a really great time and they captured that nostalgia of first playing Pokemon for the first time and not, not knowing any of the Pokemon, et cetera. And then everything was leaked. And I feel like if that's your entire strategy and it gets leaked online, um, and and you know scenes are showed from the end of the game and people use that against you, I feel like I would probably go for more honestly. Like fuck you for ruining this for not only you know me but for everyone else and what could have been, you know, uh, for those people that unfortunately, because leaks end up everywhere, right? They're they're all over the internet. I I didn't finish the re, uh, intermission remake DLC with Yuffie and like day one. I accidentally mm. saw a spoiler on Twitter and I was like, oh, fuck, now I have to like go play this fucking game before it gets destroyed for me. Um, and that's like, uh, you know, in the, the the small scale, I can only imagine like leaking an entire video game uh, roster. And anyway, I'm, I'm over that. I'm going to move on now. Uh, so the next thing that I was going to talk about was Back for Blood. It does not have an offline mode, even for solo play. Um, how do you guys feel about games that don't have offline modes even for solo play
3: i hate that shit so much there's as soon as you said that a game popped in my head i can't remember the name of the game but like i i just i don't i don't get it like it's offline like if it was if it was something like you know for example like a godfall game where you know the loot is always randomized yeah i get that but looking at back for blood you're just fighting zombie hordes like you, you you're telling me there couldn't have been an offline mode for that, I don't know. It's just it bothers It's one of those, it's one of those like little things that like really gets me like really upset.
0: Did Left 4 Dead have an offline mode?
3: I yeah. think it Oh, no, it did. Yeah, Left 4 Dead did.
4: Yeah, yeah. You could play Couch Co op. Um, also, disclaimer uh, anything I say on this podcast is my own opinion and not uh, Warner Brothers or anything. Uh, I think I think Warner Brothers games put out Back 4 Blood, maybe. Uh, so we'll just gotta put that caveat. I'm talking on my behalf thank you-
3: mm-hmm. yeah that's all I have to say about it i fucking hate it
1: yeah um so, uh, i I'll I'll, I'll I'll i'll- i'll- i'll posit this out for the uh the back for blood thing um that game of course, you know, as we all know, is advertised as like a big you know online co-op thing where you play with your friends, and if that's you know I feel like a lot of people buying the game are going to be pretty much going in with that mindset anyway of like going with their friends. However, I, I, I can't say I disagree with Gabe man. Like the fact that, you know, let's say you buy the, like, uh, okay. Actually, before I continue the game itself, back for blood, it does feature online. Can you play online with randoms?
0: I'm assuming yes. Yeah. Okay.
1: So the if you can't play is
0: what you're talking
1: about. Yeah. If you can play online with random, that's, a little more forgivable because then, like, even if you're by yourself and you don't have enough friends free or any friends free, then you can at least go with them. That has no appeal to me, by the way. Like, yeah, I don't play online games by myself. If I play online games, it's with people. That's just me, though. But, uh, but yeah, the whole thing, like, for Back for Blood, like, if you know, when we get the game, like, we've talked about getting this game on the podcast so all of us in the podcast crew can play together. That was kind of like the thing. So I feel like it's something we're all going to enjoy. But like, if there's if yeah if there's like no other modes like play with it it's just like that game was not going to have any value except when we pretty much play with together is that for me for me I'm, okay. just, I'm, I'm speaking very personally right now that the fact that this game will only have value if i'm playing with friends and you know i even if it does have an online mode where you can play random i'm never going to use that and if there's no solo mode, then that's you know that's another reason why I won't be playing it because it's not there. So like it would only be a value if we're playing together. And if that's their selling point, then great. I guess that that's not going to ruin the game sales or anything like that. I just feel like if that mode is just not there altogether, it's going to turn a lot of people off.
4: Can can I pause it? Um, what if, what if you frame it as? Uh, a game like destiny or a game like final fantasy 14 right like what if the idea of this game is that it's closer to an mmo type game where it's really just about being online with a bunch of people experiencing stuff together and that's that's kind of the avenue and the demographic that that they're trying to hit as opposed to like here's this game type that used to just be uh individual or couch co-op kind of thing that Mm -hmm. we're now kind of like moving to this other pasture if that makes sense like how would you feel about it if that were the if that were the idea behind it
1: yeah i mean well in that example with final fantasy 14 specifically you know it's an mmorpg so people are always a going critically to be acclaimed there. mmorpg that you can play up
0: for to level to expansion packs including heavensward
1: yes thank you yeah. We're not sponsored I, I <laughs> we're, we're certainly not oh boy i wish you were though yeah anyway. it's, it's
0: like the best mmorpg ever made so Yes, but
1: but getting but getting, getting into it. That, yes, it's an MMO, because, call, so damn. there will always call. there will always be people there, whether you uh, want to play it or not. It's up to you entirely if you want to actually play with them. And if you're going to like certain, you know, raids, you'll need people. But you can play, even though it is an MMO, you can play a good amount of that game by yourself in that in that in that instance. Whereas with Back for Blood, because um, that game, that very game structure is ba- built upon you know a team coming together to fight against the zombie horde like you know like left for dead which was like focus on the four player back four blood is this very much the same concept um so i definitely see see the comparison but it's also kind of different especially in the case of oh, Force yeah. because because you know you can play by yourself even if the people are there
0: yeah no, actually i dislike games that are online only because my internet is trash.
1: Yeah, that's the other thing but, too. That's the other thing too. Yeah. If there's no, if there's no, like you know, little couch co-op, you know, I think uh, I, I think too many game developers are writing off couch co-op too soon. There is a market, still a market for that. I <laughs> it's like no, the problem. No, dude, um, I,
4: <laughs> I just, I, 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 I just, I, I, just I, I just don't, I just don't agree. Yeah. It's yeah. Years no, years. it takes this game proves
3: yeah. that couch co-op
1: is still alive and kicking. And I'm a person that owns a Nintendo Switch, man. There's so many, like, there's so many couch co-op games on on, on that beast, and I and I use it so often. Well,
0: I'm just gonna say my internet's trash. so I hate games that require online only. I have such a such an issue with uh, video games that don't need to be online that require online checks that I can't play when I go somewhere, even though I purchased them. I think that is trash. But, however, saying that. Um, I played a lot of Left 4 Dead. I completely understand why Back 4 Blood would be online only. And maybe this is because I'm biased and I really enjoyed Left 4 Dead, but I don't think that Back 4 Blood is a game that I would play single player anyway, if that makes sense. It's one of those that I'm only going to play when I'm like, hey guys, let's fucking kill zombies together. Then I'm going to
3: host us and not show up.
0: And then I'm not going to show up yet. I'm going to ask you guys, invite you in the nutshell, as I usually do, because I always cancel. Uh, but yeah, so I think in this case, I am not too upset about it. Although, in general, I do think sometimes it does really suck when games are online only because you never know anyone's situation, right? Like, I was stuck in in COVID. I had like no money, and I was like, oh shit, am I also not going to have internet? Like, what am I going to be able to play? Final Fantasy 14 was off the table at that time. I got to go read a fucking book because, like, I can't. Like... <laughs> not that that's bad. Everyone should read. The Reading gun- is- Damn
3: right. it! How do you read?
0: Right. <laughs> you know what I mean. Unbelievable. Anything can happen. So it sucks when you are in a situation where online only doesn't allow you to play something. Um, but at the same time, I do think Back for Blood is one that I'm I'm not complaining about because there are games made with specific structures that I think people will play online only. Like I think fighting games are a great example. Yeah, sure. There's a story mode in you know Guilty Gear Strive, but once you finish that. Um, how long are you gonna continue to play the story right you want to get on and play other people and I think that even in I might be wrong but I'm pretty sure even in Guilty Gear Strive you have to connect or at least I've had to connect every single time what the heck every single time I've tried to get on I've had to connect online and I think that I can't even play the story mode without connecting online which is another issue that I would have but I'm done Kelly did you want to jump in on this before I move on
2: um no
0: Okay, great. Uh, So the next topic is from Eurogamer.net. And Austin, I'm very interested in your opinion on this one. Um. What? What? Why'd you make that noise? No,
4: because you're interested in my opinion.
0: I'm so. always interested in your opinion. I love your opinions. Um. So you were the- in a select crowd, I'm just saying. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't believe you. The uh, Among Us devs admit that they felt burnt out and overwhelmed following the indie game's success. They said it's a lot of pressure and it's overwhelming. This is a news piece from Eurogamer.net by Vicky Blake. And there's a quote here that says, Among Us going viral, it was just like, okay, this is my life, said artist Amy Lou. The pressure got uh, together get things done quickly was really high. September to December, we're talking to Xbox, PlayStation. They were going to try to get among us on these platforms, which usually takes many months, like half a year to a year. We were like three months. We're going to try that. I definitely burned out, uh, Lou told Anthony Padilla from Kotaku. It was tough because during all of this, we weren't able to see our friends and family. Being so tired from working, I couldn't even go visit my family during COVID and had to spend holidays alone. And that was definitely the hardest time. When you're under hundreds of millions of people's worth of pressure, they don't understand that it takes months. Uh, The server issues should be fixed tomorrow. Uh, Adding new stuff should be next week. It's so easy to them. It's a lot of pressure. It's overwhelming added uh, programmer Forrest Willard. So the reason I brought this up is because obviously Among Us is hugely successful as we, as we all know, and now it's come to every single platform. You know, we had it on Switch first, now we've got it on on PlayStation and Xbox, it's on PC, it's on mobile. Uh, is there, Austin, is there anything that's happened to you or do you have any insight or, uh, any situation in which, like, obviously you don't have to name anything, but, uh, any situation in which you've had to deal with, uh, this type of pressure, um, can you tell us a little bit about it at all?
4: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I mean, my heart goes out to those people. Like, granted, I know they've made a ton of money and that's, like, really cool. Um, but, yeah, uh, every, like, I felt everything that, uh, they were saying in that article. Um. When I was working on Bioshock Infinite, I signed on as a contractor uh toward, in the last six months of the project to do QA. And um the entire time, uh, we worked 12 hour days, six days a week, sometimes seven. Um the oh idea God. yeah. Yeah, the idea was like, Hey, we're we gotta get this game shipped, we gotta do these things, like we need more people to help us do it. That's how like some of us came on and um and it was, like, I I look back really fondly on that experience, because it, like, was the first step for me in my, like, career in games, but, um, yeah, my, like, health was poor, I gained a bunch of weight, I wasn't eating healthy, I was drinking a bunch, and, like, not, like, I would just go home, sleep, go back to work, go home, sleep, go back to work, and, like, I made some really wonderful friends that I'm still friends with to this day, and, like, kind of get that, like, in the trenches vibe, but, like, there's a reason why the average age, the average career length of a game developer is 3 to 5 years and it's stuff like that.
0: I mean, first of all, I'm so sorry. <laughs> like I wish I could hug you right now. I feel so bad. <laughs> I love BioShock Infinite. If it makes it feel any better. <laughs> like, it
1: was a great Yeah, game. I'm
0: glad I'm glad the work
4: was like well worth it. I'm glad it was I think it was itself received pretty well and I mm-hmm. but like that's the pressure, right? Like you have like 120 people who are like working their tails off to like make something that not only they're proud of but like a f- fucking huge audience is like just chomping at it a bit for and uh
1: yeah i can't
0: that is yeah super stressful those work hours i can't i can't even imagine it uh kelly gabe brandon um we've all played among us before how do you guys feel about hearing this
1: it's Sadly, not that surprising. And the reason why I say that is because, you know, we all pretty much know the story about how Among Us, you know, when that first came out in 2018, wasn't big as big at all. It was a very small indie project. Um, They could easily maintain a game of that size at the time. But, you know, during 2020 is where that game really started to gain, you know, popularity and traction. And, you know, a lot more people were playing it. There was a lot more expectations on the game than there were previously. And as a result, they had to kind of like double down on the work just to make sure that game uh, could be sustainable because now more people were playing it you know, to the point where they even canceled Among Us too, so they could just focus on the base game, add new maps, add new game modes, all that good stuff. And with the advent of new platforms being added to the game itself, that only, of course, increases the workload because now that's, that's a new audience. Like, you know, when the Switch version came out, that was more people that started playing Among Us. Now it's on, you said, PlayStation and Xbox. That's more, even more people that are now playing it. The servers now need to accommodate for all these people because cross-play is also a thing in every single one of these platforms. So, you know, managing to make sure that everyone, no matter what platform music, can all play together, mm-hmm. um, keeping these modes coming so interest doesn't die for the game because they have the momentum. They have to keep that going if they want people to keep playing it because, you know, I hate to say it because I love Fall, guys. But a lot of people were, were giving hate to Fall Guys because they were taking really long to get those updates out. And okay. my heart goes out to those developers as well, because, you know, once those updates came out, they were fantastic. But Among Us is clearly trying not to fall into that same hole where they want to make sure that game stays relevant for as long as possible, because that's now their livelihood of this game suddenly. So I understand it. I really understand how it suddenly could have gone from this manageable workload to suddenly becoming really overwhelming and it's it's sad and again i i I tip my hat off to them for being doing as much as they can because they really have done a lot to keep that game going that a lot of people are still talking about it longer than most people would have assumed because we're now halfway to 2021 you know that game got its big boom rise in 2020 uh and there's people are still talking about people are still playing it a lot of people didn't think we would it's definitely not as big uh, as three
0: right
1: what's up we saw it at E3, right? Did we? We did see a little at bit at E3. Conference? Like, uh, got a little preview for some of the uh, modes that are coming out. They're not out quite yet, but they gave us a little insight about what's coming. So, that's even more evidence that you know it was on E3 where the big game announcements are shown. So, like. Okay. <laughs> I don't think that it being and an E3 that big of a deal now. <laughs> now you see why I put up that
3: clip of the last
1: podcast. Oh, no, I just, oh, no. <laughs> That's a good clip. Movie. I like that. Yeah, no, that was a good face.
3: No, <laughs> it's good. It's flatter.
0: <laughs> yeah, I highly disagree. I, I just think you know, it, it being at E3 is not what you're making it out to be because anything can be at E3. Now, honestly, some of the best presentations at E3 were and anything could, could
1: have been at this E3. Certainly, it was... I mean,
3: Verizon
1: was at E3. Uh, That's yeah, what no, I'm saying. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. If we're talking, exactly. if we're talking about former E3s, where it was kind of like an elite club where only like the big three can go. I mean, we're not in those days anymore. Anything can go and eat through these days. So you're certainly right about that. I just think, you know, it's cool. That it was there. Uh, Kelly or Gabe, do you have
0: anything to say on this one? No, I
2: just- feel, I mean, I, I understand where they're coming from. I, I feel like they just were not prepared for this. Um, and okay. then like, I mean, it gets like thrust upon you like, oh shit, people are noticing our game that came out two or three years ago again. Like, Ugh. they were probably working on other stuff and they had to like, kind of like put that on the back burner. That would kind of suck. But at the same time to have your game be successful should be like an exciting time. So I think that they were excited but really burnt out because they weren't expecting to put this much into this game that had already been out and had yeah. already like pretty much probably run its course, if I'm being honest. Um, Just like a little game like that. Like, I don't, I don't know. I wonder what they would have been working on. I guess they were working on number two, so it was doing all right, but they just were not prepared for this kind of success. I mean, it just, I mean, not to mince words, but blew the fuck up, (laughs) so um, yeah, I don't think they were prepared. It sucks that they had to like um, probably work overtime, I'm sure, but like I said, the success of your game, especially, like, underdog tale, like, you're like, oh, this game, well, it did all right, and then it's just, like, boom, you're, like, the game on Twitch, or, like, the game on Steam. It has to feel pretty good as well.
0: Yeah, I, you know, I think it's very interesting that you bring up the fact that it was, like, done, and then it came back. I think that's such a, a a thing to keep in mind when you think about you know reading this interview and how they feel because I can only imagine being done with something right like I'm like okay I'm done I'm finished and then like a year from now they're like no you have to put out like so much effort into this one thing that you thought you were done with and I'm like holy fuck like I I have to jump back into that seat so I think that's a very interesting um concept that you that you brought up the fact that it was something that they had to come back to that they were already done with um Mm -hmm. I'm gonna take another break and then we'll be right back again stay tuned people and we're back Sorry, I'm so excited. Sorry, I was a little too excited to come back. But guess what? We're back, and we're gonna hop right back into things. So I don't know if you guys know, but Cyberpunk 2077 is now back on the PSN store, and I specifically wanted to talk about this because once again, I have Austin here. Um, So Austin, your opinion on this entire Cyberpunk 2077 thing, where they release the game, it's unplayable on base PS4, and Sony takes it off the market for months. Are at least off the uh, PlayStation Network for months. I cannot remember another game, maybe one or two games that this happened to, um, but I can't remember a game that's been off this long because it was unplayable. It is now playable again and back on the PlayStation Store for PlayStation 4 Pro and PS5. And there's going to be a free uh, next-gen update available for all owners of the PS4 version in the second half of 2021. Same thing for mm-hmm. Xbox. But I believe somewhere there is a, a mention that you should probably still not play it on base consoles. Um, Austin, in your humble opinion, what do you feel about this? How does this happen? Like, what did you feel about the entire Cyberpunk situation?
4: Yeah, that, that's, uh, that's a big question uh (laughs) there's just so so much stuff involved in that story and I you know it's hard to know all the facts um and I think that just a lot of times uh the internet will just find a like like an idea and just run with it and shoot it through the roof and then it's everybody's idea so like I'm wary to like side on like one way or the other but all i know is it's really unfortunate i know if i were on that team i'd be super fucking sad and i think that the leadership the leadership of that studio uh made their choices for whatever reason financial or you know legal or whatever they're like just pride whatever it was uh and and i think they really uh they really did a lot of damage <laughs> to their image to their to their uh coworkers, to like everything like that's that's rough i know well, i know it made a bunch of money but it's it's rough
0: yeah can i can i ask how do you feel about the game being taken mm. off of the playstation network
4: i think it's great i mean i think i think playstation has like as extra like i think there's this thing where because so much of our like lives is ruled by like corporations and capitalism that we like kind of have to rely on like corporations to be ethical or to be like for us as consumers and like slippery slope uh to to put it short Mm -hmm. but uh but i think it's great i mean like you don't as playstation you're incurring way more costs than you are getting anything back with this kind of stuff happening i i think so taking it off the store to be like hey we listen to our players we people are clearly unhappy we have a standard like you i think they're setting like a a good like pr uh situation for themselves there um and i say more power to them for like protecting their players you know
0: the question mm-hmm. is is it all you know a pr uh situation or was it like genuine that's that's exactly. the real question but exactly, we yeah. don't know the answer to um gabe kelly brandon i know kelly is so sick of talking about cyberpunk so i like you see it on uh, her face she, i feel like i see it on her face she's so done with cyberpunk. i
2: have resting bitch face i will have you know <laughs>
4: <laughs> well
2: well we have talked about cyberpunk a lot so and, uh, it,
1: it, it is the gift that keeps on giving i mean as it's they finally
0: say. coming back uh, i still
3: think it's bullshit. you can't play on a base ps4 sorry
0: well i mean that's why i mean it makes sense like, yeah uh, it that's makes, why you can't play uh, a remake integrate on PS4 because Square Enix. Was that's
3: like, a whole. Score, you know, that's score. a whole
1: other. I argument like. For I, 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 like, I like the idea yeah, that, that 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 that, uh, that all that happened and Square Enix was like. Like, <laughs> I, love, I love the idea that maybe Square was like planning on doing intermission on PS4 as well when they saw Cyberpunk, and they just did the whole monkey thing. Was like, <laughs> right, and They're like, well, <laughs> that is, not really bad. We, oh, that's could, we were could, talking
0: shit about their textures, and now you can't we, we play at all.
1: Literally, have
3: an entire podcast of Drell and I going back and forth over the Square Enix thing, but I don't like to. Oh shit! God damn sorry for the language <laughs> um, okay. but like i don't i don't know like when the ps5 was coming out and the new gens were coming out obviously the whole big thing was like you know we're not abandoning the current gen like you're still gonna be able to play a bunch of games on current gen and then something like cyberpunk 2077 which You know, I'm not going to say everyone, but there was a lot of people that were excited for the game because it was announced so long ago, Mm -hmm. and then it kept getting hit with so many delays, and all of a sudden, it's like, here's the game, oh, wait, it sucks on console, and, you know, if you don't have a PS4 Pro, it's going to suck even more, and then months go by. And yeah, you got your refund, but then it's like, oh yeah, guess what? Well, we're bringing it back to the PlayStation store. You know, you can buy it again, but it's like, yeah, if you have a PS4 original, don't even try it, but like just <laughs> pack up and go. I think that kind of sucks for them. Um, well, Hopefully like for, I, go, yeah, go ahead. Sorry,
4: I just, I feel like you can kind of tie in this what you're saying here into the other two topics around like pressure for like last of us and like, uh like w- what that means for developers. You know what I mean? Like, that could have been another reason why they pushed things through right like the game had been in development for like t- technically like twelve years I think it's probably closer to like eight but still that's it's an insane amount of time that's almost like a decade and so it's like you have this like fan hype that just keeps building and building and building and it's just like inevitably you're like we need to do like we we can't keep sitting on this right we have to like move it forward in some sort of way um and then when it doesn't do well like last of us and it does like cyberpunk you get this is the kind of shitstorm you incur
3: yeah and and again i feel bad you know for the developers and the team that worked on it because you know it's a very high chance that it was the leadership that was like we need to push the fucking game out um but again like i don't know i I feel bad for the people who still have regular ps4 uh ps4 consoles because you know it's still almost Really hard to get. Oh, this. Oh, if we talk about this, this is also going to burst one of my nerves. Um, it's still really hard to get a you know a new gen console really? because you have assholes like GameStop saying, Hey, if you're a pro member, you get you know, you get first dibs, dicks. Uh, sorry, but yeah, so I don't know. Good for the game coming back and you know, being playable apparently on the PS4 Pro and the PS5, but RIP to the PS4 people.
0: You know, I feel hearts. like also what plays a part in this is a lot of uh, people's perception on these studios, and I always say this, and I will continue to say this, Nintendo gets away with so much shit because people love them so oh, much, yeah. and it's 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 kind of unfair in the scheme of things. It's, it's very unfair for, you know, uh, companies like Naughty Dog um, that we have reports, obviously I don't know, but we have certain reports about how things work you know, there, and you know, crunch times with Last of Us and uh, forcing devs to get things out, and yet, you know, games like that will win game of the year because it's so good because people love them as a company and, you know, Nintendo can get away with having this really shitty online uh, on your phone app that you're supposed to connect and talk to people with but, you know, nobody's going to talk to That's a whole that.
3: other fucking podcast.
0: <laughs> there's, you oh! know, I, my point being that, you know, there's a, there's a it, it's kind of why, you know, P- PlayStation also, I think, gets away with a lot of things even though Xbox does some things better than PlayStation. Uh, PlayStation mm-hmm. gets away with a lot of things as well because uh, they have really good, um, uh, audience perception and speaking of really good audience audience perception there's an article titled after years of fighting it sony finally caves and says they will grow crossplay this is from chris carter over at destructoid.com and uh there's a quote here that says ryan notes that they will now support and encourage crossplay as of this past week he explains that the number will continue to grow despite trying to take a revenue cut for grace uh graciously allowing crossplay on their platform saying that there was no point in the future because playstation the best place to play. Uh, and in insisting that crossplay doesn't help the PlayStation brand. And so we found out a little bit during that um, Apple versus Epic Games that PlayStation is one of those companies that charges an extra uh, cut of revenue to allow for crossplay. play uh, But apparently now they're opening up to, you know, allowing more cosplay. Is there anything you guys want to say on that before I move on?
1: Yeah, just real quick. This message is 100% PR necessity because, you know... Uh, sony was getting so much backlash for their backwards thinking on the whole crossplay situation and i don't even necessarily think that this statement is necessarily them necessarily changing their tune on it Brendan, it's can just I ask you a question what's up
0: were they actually getting that much backlash because what i remember is that people were just yeah. mad that fortnite wasn't on and then they put fortnite on and that was it I don't Fortnite, remember. It being what, like... Fortnite
1: was the Fortnite was the one that brought attention to it. I would say because there was always like I guess like a passive the, the passive bunch that was always bemoaning the fact that there was no crossplay on a uh, PlayStation systems. But Fortnite, because of just how big that game is, it's like that really brought attention to it. And then other games started getting noticed, and people started noticing that you couldn't do it in, in other games like Rocket League or what have you. And it it, it 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 was a snowball effect. It wasn't necessarily like I don't think Fortnite. Maybe, maybe Fortnite was like the straw, that, the straw that broke the camel's back. I guess you could say it was always there. It's just like it's what just let me let the floodgates open, and it. I guess. To answer your question about whether it was really such a big deal, I guess it was more of like Jim Ryan and like PlayStation's just statement on the whole thing. PlayStation is the best place to play your game, so why could we allow crossplay? It was the flippant attitude that like you're foolish for wanting cross play. It's play it's, it's the same energy as saying who would want to play old games. It's just like telling consumers that they're dumb for, <laughs> for wanting the things that they want. Like if you don't want it that's 100% okay whatever but if you're if you do want it and the company is saying why would you want this of course you're going to be upset cuz you don't want your decisions your um your personal decisions to be like why why would you want something like that it's like cuz i do what, what what's your problem like a lot of people you know they want to buy their game on PlayStation best friends got it on Xbox they just want to play together we're not in a state right now where Crossplay is something you can just know is going to be there. It's just going to be like a case by case basis, and, and I'm I guess the long to 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 just like wrap this up with what I'm saying is like I'm glad that for whatever reason they're saying it that they are embracing crossplay a little bit more and hopefully we see it more going forward.
4: I I was just say I think I think we will start to be able to yeah ex- expect it as a consistent thing, and I mm-hmm. think that like while like maybe it's not like it's never maybe it's never been financially in Sony's uh, like um, it's never been beneficially beneficial monetarily for them to do cross-play. Like they, they see the tides changing. And so I I, just, as like a gamer myself, like, I'm just excited that it's the the walls are coming down across the board, regardless of how we got there. Just, I want to fucking play destiny with friends who play on PC or Xbox. And like that shit is like super fun. And uh, I'm ready for that.
0: I think Overwatch mm-hmm. is such a big deal right now because it's been on mm-hmm. for so long. Yeah. And it's one that so many people, like either you played on one or the other where your friend set was and now being able to, you know, open that up to everyone has been really awesome. Um, so I'm going to move on and talk about the GameStop top 10 game pre-orders following E3. And Ooh, number one was Metroid Dread. Number two Ooh. was Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword. Number three was Mario Golf Switch. Number four was Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. Number five was Mario Party Superstars. Number six was Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy number seven was far cry six number eight was dungeons and dragons dark alliance number nine was madden nfl 22 number 10 was pokemon legends arceus um and as an honorable mention this article has halo infinite as number 11 this is from NintendoEverything.com. Mm-hmm. i wanted to bring that up because that shows the power of e3 and everyone watching the nintendo conference because those are the top 10 um that was a lot of
1: nintendo that was more nintendo than literally I was like the, in t- top 10. the
0: whole half the beginning half is just nintendo making
1: money from all yeah this. honestly um i can i i'll I just like just put it put out there that i think one of the main reasons that metroid Dread so i like obviously people are a lot of people have been waiting for a metroid game for a long time but there was also that special edition that people just couldn't wait to get their hands on and that will and you you put out something like that and that'll really drive the pre-order numbers up just so they can get their hands on that especially in gamestop like because they they just really want it. Um, but that's the only really like caveat I would offer. Cause like the other games, I guess we're just like, people are just really excited for them because I mean, Skyward Sword, there's, there's special stuff surrounding Skyward Sword, but there's no like special edition of Skyward Sword. You know what I mean? Like there's a controller and the an Amiibo, but you can't get them all in one thing. So that's just, people are just excited for that. And then the other games, like, just, people just really, I'm surprised that Mario Golf, uh, Super Rush, jumped so high after E3. Like, I figured if people really, really wanted the game, they would have pre-ordered that like a while ago, you know? Because that was announced a few months ago, and that's coming out tomorrow as of this recording, so... I'm, I'm pretty easy... sure
3: it was the Treehouse, because the gameplay, like... That's, true. We, that's we, true. we were getting a lot of trailers and stuff, but then we finally got the Treehouse where people were actually playing. And yeah, it's just, that's fair. It, it, that's fair. It, yeah. Okay, well,
0: so. speaking of something that wasn't someone hey, playing games... No, I was
3: what? proud. I had... I had an opinion okay, go on ahead, the go list. Ahead. Hurry, though. Um, okay, I had I have actually two surprises. Uh, one was Pokemon Arceus being so low compared to the other Nintendo games. And then two, Skyward Sword being number two on that list. Because it's, again, even within the Zelda fandom, it's one of the more, like, looked down upon games. And then two, like, you know, it's, I don't know, like, it's not a new Zelda game. So I'm actually just generally surprised I was at number two.
1: It also Same. goes to show that a lot of people were <laughs> a lot of people online are crapping on it, but it's number two on the pre-orders, so what does that really mean? Yeah, fuck put, you, Twitter put,
3: people. I'm kidding, <laughs> we love you. Please, please follow us.
1: <laughs> yeah. But
0: what? Yeah, yeah also wallets, I guess. Show Arceus. They didn't show Pokemon RCS, right? Yeah, and that's
1: that, the other that, that, thing. That's like, that's why high. did that why did yeah, but that like, shoot up so high when it wasn't even shown at E3? Because when you yeah, look they at didn't, GameStop's they didn't show website
0: p- and you don't are you you purchase but when you purchase those, you're gonna see like in your suggested, oh hey, there's this other Pokemon. I guess, game.
1: sure. Yeah, but there, they didn't. They
3: didn't show uh, the other two the 20 remakes 20 during yeah. E3. Yeah. And so. I thought they would,
1: like during the Treehouse. Yeah, I thought, yeah, they would I, thought gameplay, I thought that but, was
3: gonna come for right? you know the Treehouse gameplay, but.
0: This is because when you go on GameStop's website and you go buy Zelda, they're going to show you all the other Nintendo shit that you could buy. And then you're going to be like, oh, true. shit, I remember that game, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, um, so yeah. someone who's not making money right now are Amaranth <laughs> and Indie Fox because Twitch has banned popular streamers Amaranth and Indie Fox after a yoga ASMR stream. Um, this wasn't about a hot dog. Uh,
2: They've been unbanned after a three-day ban. Really? yeah
0: all right well this um, is polygon.com. kelly tell me all about it please
2: uh so the the controversy now because i know all about the twitch controversies because i love drama <laughs> um they were doing asmr streams which asmr has been on twitch for a while it's appropriate but i have seen this ear licking thing before yeah. um it's usually um like I don't know they're just like slurping on their microphone like yeah, i don't so know what someone licked on my ear that, like that i'd not be really to interrupt you <laughs> for a
0: second what this says is that okay. they were doing an asmr yoga stream where they held yeah. various yoga poses and simulated mm-hmm. the sound of having your ear licked using a microphone so it and was that was it, considered sexual what does that sound like on.
2: so they were I no so idea. no 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 oh stop it got that's what they were doing okay let me describe to you what they were doing first of all i'm pretty sure amaranth was wearing literally a horse head mask and she was like doing the horse kind of thing but they bend over wearing yoga pants not naked but they're bending like imagine i've turned this way and i'm bent over (laughs) and my mic is like away from me and i'm slurping on it looking at the camera directly into it slurping on something while i'm bent over it's pretty sexual (laughs) Uh, i mean
0: if you're wearing a horse head is it
2: well i I think
1: i think i'm not ready to go down that (laughs) path
2: that might not be why she got banned but there was a video of her doing that i'm not exactly sure but she was bending over and that's why people had a problem with it I don't really necessarily have a problem with it. It does seem kind of sexual. What I hate about it is that men were so satisfied. Like, ew. Like, stop. Yeah. First of all, I don't know if you're going to get off on that, whatever. But, like, they were so happy to see them get banned. People were, like, mm-hmm. cheering and stuff. And I'm like, Bullshit. you're disgusting. Like, you're allowed to get on there and be mediocre all the time. Why can't they get on there and, like, bend over? I don't. i had mixed feelings on hot tub streaming and other adult like content on twitch but at the same time like i drop f-bombs like it's the end of the fucking world (laughs) is that more appropriate or less like i don't know Mm -hmm. um
4: Uh, I, i hard agree i think it's fucking atrocious and bullshit that fucking it's just so dumb like women are constantly on the internet just like held to like some weird ass standard that nobody else has held to and it's like who fucking cares 100%. if they're doing yoga poses in a horse head making asmr sounds who fucking cares if they're doing that shit in a uh, in a fucking hot tub or the portable yeah. pools or, or or whatever like or, or in a bikini or in whatever they want to fucking wear like like they're making content for your platform and you're making money off of it they're making content people are consuming it and like to vilify them for just making that content it's like for no reason like oh you're this because you do this thing like what the fuck
2: i love the names of the articles though they're like twitch streamers amaranth and indie fox banned for being too sexy it's just giving them like more publicity to be honest with you but yeah i really think that there was like a guy that went on a crazy tiktok rant about women on twitch uh Women don't enjoy playing video games. They only. Do- I'm like, okay. You like so girl, like, if
3: you don't but- have sex, just say it. You don't have to do all this <laughs> extra shit, bro. Actually to say Damn. That. But it was My like goodness. a heated,
2: a heated. No, thing yeah, I saw he saying, yeah, I saw like, it. Yeah, I saw. It. he was like very upset, and I'm just like, why are you so mad that women exist? You don't
3: get. Like, yeah, I don't, don't. Nothing.
2: Um, I, I guess I just it just really like I feel like and I feel like that's why the bans happen because men report their channels so then people are like oh well this is apparently a problem everyone's reporting Mm -hmm. it so then but like if someone wants to watch someone with a horse head like licking a microphone they're not taking away from you sucking at fortnite because no one's watching your shit like don't be mad that ain't nobody watching you like i don't know
4: and the standard the standard's bullshit like you have you have like high grossing streamers using like racial slurs and anti-semitism and like all this shit and they're like it takes like forever for them to get to get any band or any, yeah. yeah. And then like they do like women do this one thing that is like pretty fucking offbeat. Like it's like almost funny how weird it is. And it it's like,
2: weird.
4: yeah. Well, but yeah, and like who like great like that's like you have your corner of the internet. Just like everyone has their corner of the internet. Like just fucking leave them alone. It's just men are trash.
3: Oh, to me that's comedy. Like. If I see someone in a horse mask bending over and going <laughs> in the mic, I'm going to laugh. Oh I'm going to be like, that's too sexual. <laughs> going I'm, like, I'm going to start <laughs> like, yeah like I'm going to start laughing, bro. Like, what? That's <laughs> the only a thing good
4: I left... gif right there, by the way, though.
3: Like,
0: <laughs> Yeah, right?
2: She's like, oh, Whoa, guess who's go go going on our it. social I... media <laughs> again? I've already been called a horse girl. I really don't need this right now. <laughs> right. I don't need I don't I any more bad publicity.
0: I learned mm-hmm. what horse
1: girl was in this podcast. Oh, man
0: the only thing okay. i will say about this story is that i'm so disappointed that we did not get h critical yoga pants and think of this first because mm. we would have so much money right now and
4: i mean I, wait, we do have
3: we do have tights on our teespring which um, you can well, find Matt on Matt our wins. website wait yeah. but for met
4: like do they fit male bodies i'll put on some fucking i H-P-critical will let you clothes. know
3: I mean, when we, i order mine yeah
0: we got to get it together we, we will have a a a stream in in honor of uh Amaran and see how much money we make it's, it's gonna, gonna be, be can it on the
3: screen, Honestly, and we're gonna be they <laughs> into make, your mic. They I am make super so much money, <laughs> and first of all, yes,
2: Twitch takes half your no. revenue, so fuck they the really Twitch, do, anyways. They but, really like, are. why am I not just like in a hot tub?
0: Bro, Maybe that's, not, what, I'm saying. That like, that's what I'm saying. I don't. I did get a message from someone who said they would pay to see me in the hot tub recording. So, you know, we might have to
3: Um, them. Hello, what are you doing? You're,
0: you're stunting the growth of the, were, of the channel. You weren't supposed to the tell website. people I sent you that message, Joe. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> 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 so, uh, moving right along, there's another nice. article. Good uh, transition. <laughs> thank you, uh, titled "Xbox Game Studios Exec Says the Focus Is Diversity in Game Studios and Players." This is from Polygon.com by Nicole Carpenter. And it says, based on the Xbox and Bethesda E3 showcase, there appears to be no, no one type of gamer that the company is targeting, with games both big and small in the mix. And there's the temptation of a good deal with Xbox Game Pass and ease of access via Xbox Cloud Gaming. But the company's okay. focus on inclusivity goes deeper than that. Xbox Game Studios publishing head Peter Weiss told Polygon, Inclusivity is a core tenet for the company beyond its games. And there's a quote here that says, You can see this come to focus in a game like Tell Me Why. We're super proud of that game, it speaks to our values around LGBTQIA plus representation, mental health awareness, and more. Um, I'm not going to go through this whole thing, but uh, how do you guys feel about like Xbox's focus on diversity? And by that, I mean, do you notice it? Do you recognize it? Is it something that you can tell is actually happening behind the scenes?
1: I think it's extremely noticeable, especially after watching their latest E3, because, you know, Xbox game, the, the Xbox system had like, very limited demographics, I would say, during the original Xbox and 360 eras. During the one Xbox One eras, where I noticed that we're starting to get a little more variety in the kind of games we got. And now it's very apparent in the current era, especially with them advertising all these different um, games you can get on Game Pass. Um, now you have shooters racers rpgs narrative driven games more colorful games like that party animals game that they showed at e3 as well i really do think that there is a lot more diversity on the in the uh lineup of xbox i think we are seeing what it. do you mean I, in diversity in that sense Just diversity like the, in the, t- the diversity in the title? type of games that you oh, okay yeah that you Shock, can, you're that talking you genre can, exactly yeah. genre because okay. like, i was like none
0: of that is no, no, is no no yeah, <laughs> no I'm not, I'm,
1: okay. I'm not speaking on, on that because I'll, I'll be real i haven't looked, looked deeply enough into like the, the xbox library to like know how well they are or not doing it but i can't speak on the different genres that are like you know presenting themselves out there there's a lot more than there used to be
0: uh anyone else before i talk about uh. black people
2: The only thing that I'll say is they, sorry, they sent that, um, did you see the controllers that they made for Pride?
0: I did, the ones that they're not selling that I didn't get,
2: yeah. Oh, well, sorry. (laughs) But (laughs) they made them and they gave them to famous people. So that's something we can all be happy about. You're rich and you got free stuff. (laughs) yeah well what I will
0: say also is that they've been really good at giving things to uh smaller content creators yeah, they're very that. good at doing you know content over numbers currently um and, and you know obviously that makes sense because if you have oh, a if you have a dedicated like group that is Microsoft? going to actually buy so? the things you have uh they're they they're they're more important than you know someone who has millions of followers who aren't gonna buy anything from you anyway.
2: Mm-hmm. And it doesn't feel like like they're just trying to get money by just selling yeah. something, like just you know, selling bullshit to people just because it's rainbow, like during Pride. They're actually mm-hmm. like giving it and like doing that, which is kind of better. But Jerell wants it, so I sell want it to him, one. Damn it. Yeah,
0: I would buy it. It's so good looking. And the worst part is you cannot recreate that shit in their their Xbox. Uh, controller creator thing. Um, the only the only other thing I will say is I think Redfall is a great example. Like I was so over E3, and then I saw Redfall, and I was like, "Who is this beautiful black woman on my screen? I'm gonna play her all the time." Like that is the 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 one thing that saved the uh, Xbox uh, E3 presentation for me. Not that it was bad. It's just there was even though there was variety, there was nothing really that interests me. But you can see um, when when these uh, companies put people on stage, you can see who they have you know going on stage. You can see who represents what. You can see who's working behind the scenes and then um when you have games like Redfall where you know one of the most exciting things was just the character design right not and this is not an offensive thing to anyone but you know finally not seeing a cast full of white people is really awesome I complained about Tales of Arise because the first things we saw, I was like, damn, it's so many f- pale ass motherfucking characters. Like I'm so uninterested. And then I finally saw that they got someone that's actually brown and I was like, oh, holy shit, you guys are able to do that. Wow, that's amazing. And now I'm 10 times more interested in it. Uh, so seeing seeing a game like, like Redfall coming exclusively to Xbox makes me very proud to be able to own an Xbox definitely something I'm going to play day one so I, I I can see the you know the acquisition of Bethesda and the behind the scenes stuff and even Bethesda you know like games like Dishonored mm-hmm. 2 uh they have they have quite a few games that uh that do have uh somewhat of a diverse cast so uh, you know Fallout I, I'm not a Fallout fan but at least you could be black and I <laughs> you know <laughs> I, and I, I would say uh, I didn't watch any of you three, really. Um, you missed nothing. Starting, in,
4: Yeah. I mean, also, like, starting a new job, I'm, like, heads down on that and tired as fuck after that. Um, but the one thing that I can say is, like, in my experience, either as a consumer or as a professional, like, the one thing I've always really appreciated is Microsoft's uh, attention to accessibility. Mm-hmm. And I know that's, like, kind of within the diversity field, um, uh, potentially. But I just, that's something I've always loved. Like, their control, like, that accessibility controller, they, they have so many people behind the scenes who are really, really passionate about accessibility and stuff. And so I, I can say for sure that at least part of that is true and what they're saying is true. It, it might be taking a little longer to get to the point, the, the more vis- visible point that you're talking about Darrell, um, mm. which is just always gonna be unfortunate, um, but I'm hopeful that it'll kind of like pick up steam pretty soon. Uh,
3: quick question. Was this about diversity in gaming genres or diversity in humans?
0: It humans. was in Gamers, Humor, Human, <laughs> it was in Humans. Uh, the, the article essentially talks about how their focus on diversity, like Tell Me Why, for example, is a game all about the LGBTQIA plus community and how that has led to opportunities for people to, you know, get to know and play uh, those through that game. And then my example was Redfall having uh, your, your Black female character at the forefront uh, in the very beginning and one that looks, you know, actually like someone that i know um so it, it's about diversity in humans and uh the types of gamers that they um are able to reach not necessarily the genres oh, okay did, uh, did you have no anything? i've got
3: anything to say i didn't watch the e3 presentation you didn't have to fuck have Xbox the presentation and be happy about their diversity. But, I, mean, okay. I mean, I'm happy about it. But I mean, not like no, your question, no, your question was, do you see it? And I can't yeah. answer that question because I don't, don't watch have their to stuff see it to watch E3. I mean, you can look at No, no, like, I'm not, I'm not saying like just E3, but like, I like anything that's Xbox, I don't generally keep an eye on, so I actually have no input on it.
0: But the thing is, okay, I, I hear you. I'm just saying, you don't have to watch E3. I mean, you can do what Kelly did. She talked about the Pride controllers that they sent out. That's something, like, that's a PR oh, yeah, like, to show yeah. that they're a part of Pride, and yeah. that has nothing to do with any game that they showed off, so.
3: I mean, yeah, that, that that's, that's true, but oh, yeah. I also feel like that's a bad example because I feel like you should have made that available to everybody, but.
0: Yeah, and then I would be like, wow, look at Xbox pandering and taking all my money by selling me this Xbox controller. You're just impossible. Yes, I'm impossible. impossible. <laughs> instead, they decided to give it to, you know, um, uh, uh, influential people that were LGBT uh, in the community, content creators that deserve things nice. Oh, so
3: so they gave it specifically to LGBT? Yes. You know what I'm trying to say, people? Oh, okay, because when yes. I read it, it was like, I, 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 it's a tongue twister for me. I can't say it. Um, because when I read it, like, they didn't specify that. So, I like, oh, they just handed it out. Like, what if you handed it out to, like, this random dude that he's no. secretly homophobic? Yeah. No. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. I mean. All right. Um,
0: I have a question. <laughs> what happens if someone finds out my IP address? What can they do? Oh. Like, Not- what's the worst that could happen?
2: They could find out where you live. I'm pretty yeah. sure from your
4: IP like,
3: address. Yeah,
0: like,
4: general, but it's like general area, right? Like like parts of a city. Uh, and maybe it's worse if you live in a smaller area. I guess I just normally live in cities. Oh yeah, I guess that could be kind of bad. So wait, I, the th- I think thing the thing
3: I... is though, like. I think the thing is that I like finding someone's IP address like from there like that's the hardest thing to do and from there you can basically just find out everything else cuz that's one of the biggest things like yeah it's a general area but it's so like after that it's so easy to zone in on so much to do, you do it though I'm not sure don't <laughs> tell people
1: yeah, I, I, this is, also, this, is also. Actually,
3: this is actually something illegal that I don't know about um but yeah. it's It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's very, that's, again, that's, that's something though, like why VPNs are like such a big thing now is because you want to hide your IP address because once someone gets a hold of your IP address, it's kind of easy to go on from there.
0: Okay. So essentially they can get a hold of my IP address and then, you know, they'll have my actual address and then they can get more information based off of that
3: pretty much yeah if,
4: if they have your ip address if they, if they know how to get that on their own they probably know how to do other things with it is kind of my perspective but like it the i'm not saying it's a good thing but it was like it was available uh like visible on screen or whatever but it i just i i don't know what i would do with it right like if i saw somebody's ip address i don't like it yeah okay that's a set of numbers i could probably plug it into google figure out where in the world that is and and then and then be done
0: yeah. Okay. So the reason I ask is because uh, Austin was alluding to it. The Marvel's Avengers is now showing. Well, was showing your IP address on screen after a new patch. So like you would log in, and your entire IP address would be right there on the screen for everyone to see. As far as I'm understanding this, um, there's a patch that went out today to hopefully improve or fix that because they were aware of the issue of people's IP addresses coming up. And so I didn't know potentially what that meant, which is why I asked what happens when um, someone knows your IP address. But um uh, according to this article at Forbes, this is honestly one of the worst bugs they've ever heard of. People getting a hold of your IP address can cause all manner of havoc with your internet connection with DDoS attacks or potentially mm. get their hands on other information. Um, and it doesn't go on to say more, which is why I was like, mm, uh, you know, what happens? I guess it's not as bad because I don't know that people would, unless you have some asshole that just like randomly goes on and just picks someone's IP address and just destroy- The men shit. of the internet that we already talked about. Those are the guys Very who know. Very true. It. Yeah.
3: Um so an IP address is actually how devices um fuck I'm looking right at the word communicate to each other. So it's it's again yeah once they get a hold of your IP address it's very easy to zone in on where you're using the device. So that that's kind of the whole thing of an IP address.
0: Well uh it's being fixed but um <laughs> I don't know like I don't know that I have much more to say on your IP address being given out except for that sounds like it's really bad and it sounds like uh uh marvel's avengers could have plenty of lawsuits on their hands very soon yeah right? well the
3: the thing with the marvel thing was god damn it there's not much time well the thing with the marvel uh, the marvel thing was that it was it, it's again a, it, ha- it was happening to a lot of streamers and mm. as we know you know mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. usually there's some there's always something bad that happens with streamers so mm-hmm. with your information out there like that it's very easy to target it on that streamer yeah that makes sense
1: that's
2: hmm. why well, you don't play that shitty game oh my gosh
3: correct that's correct <laughs>
0: <laughs> marvel's avengers is not a bad game and i'm gonna leave that at that um there's another <laughs> there's another <laughs> article that i want to talk about really quickly um how many of you guys have played through wall market in final fantasy 7 remake
1: uh i have i don't know right. what that, that means great is it
4: not the not the new thing they released the the first no, thing? Yeah, this is yeah, the base game.
0: Me. I did that. Okay, great. So I'm gonna talk to you guys really quick about this because you know this might be very slight spoilers for Kelly and Gabe, uh, but there's an article over at Game Informer where uh, they talk to actually it wasn't a game informer it was over at square enix but um it was covered at game informer where uh they talk about the scene in the final fantasy uh, 7 remake with co-director matomo toriyama and they were talking specifically about the dance scene in ff7 remake and i personally was super fucking excited because of the language that was used in that scene because as we all know or uh, what Kelly and Gabe will find out is that is the infamous cross dressing cross dressing scene from the original Final Fantasy VII, in which Cloud dresses up in you know uh, a dress and pretty frilly braids and looks like a beautiful old young woman. Uh, sorry for the spoiler, Kelly. You should have finished the game. Uh, oh, to, to, be, to be fair, Final Fantasy VII came out literally like like 25 years ago. So the, no, no. I see. I disagree with you. Awesome, because i i recently played the original like two years ago so this would have been a spoiler. I'm, I'm just saying you can't be like spoilers
3: oh no when something came out
0: like yeah you can yeah that's
3: all well okay. no juror J- 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 one of those people that like if he hasn't played the game it's going to be a spoiler, a spoiler. regardless
0: 100 percent. i also have friends who have not played uh, you know any final fantasy so whenever sure. someone's like oh that's is that eric i'm like don't you s- yes that yeah, is I mean, I, I'm, not- them I'm not saying i'm not saying you want
4: to intentionally spoil something for somebody that's that's dickish i'm not into that but but what i am saying is like (laughs) if you if you saw like a headline somewhere that says like certain thing about thing you haven't played and and it's been out for like a while like like what are you gonna do like if a game came out four days ago and i'm seeing or here's a better example i fucking love adventure time and i don't go on twitter now when the new like hbo adventure times are coming out because i'm not trying to see screenshots i'm not trying to see nothing i take it in control of my control you know that's
0: all i'm saying no i i mean i i agree with you i just like to disagree uh (laughs) that's all you know that is a really good
2: explanation of Jarrell's mo (laughs) loves to disagree i
0: just just feel like it's okay whatever i don't even want to go to that so there's (laughs) there's an entire scene where cloud does his cross-dressing and um there's a there's an interview with Toriyama where they talk about it and he says um this is a quote throughout the interview Toriyama talked about why the honeybee in section was such a momentous task for the studio and how the team ended up creating a polished mini game he said the whole scene took a long time from the initial idea to composing the music taking the moment uh bas- taking the motion capture and adjusting the music and motions to fit together I was incredibly nervous until it finally all came together which is you know wonderful but he does specifically talk about um the scene with Andrea Rodea um, and he says, initially, for example, there was a pole dancing scene included, which meant the filming began on an elaborate set. Uh, we decided <laughs> to take that part out due to the impact on the rating, which is so sad because I would have loved to see Andrea on a fucking pole uh, pole dancing. That sounds like an that amazing time. Incredible. <laughs> Um, But he does mention that it was a very significant moment, and he says, uh, given how famous the cross-dressing was in the original Final Fantasy VII, we were aware that people would have had high expectations for the remake. We knew we had to do it in a way that both lived up to those expectations, but took modern sensibilities into consideration. For example, fans these days expect stories and dialogue in games to go beyond stereotypical depictions of gender. Uh, Through Andrea's lines and the lyrics of the backing track, Stand Up, we tried to build in a positive and supportive message for Cloud during his cross-dressing scene that to me is so amazing i had to bring it up on this podcast because uh you know i obviously am lgbt i don't know if y'all know but i do like dick so
3: um (laughs) (laughs) so understandable better way to say that (laughs) (laughs) i loved it keep going
0: yeah i'm just gonna play with it so (laughs) i um to me that scene i was very concerned about how you know a cross-dressing cloud would play out in 2020 yeah. Or 2019, whenever the game came out. I think it was 2020. 2020. Yeah. I was very concerned to see how that scene would be played. And then I saw the preview. And you know, they, they, specifically, he says, um, and I, this is not a, a full quote, but essentially, he says, uh, I'm paraphrasing here, that uh, beauty standards have no gender. And for, uh, you know, I, I always go on about Final Fantasy 7, and about how I'm super excited about how diverse the world is. And I always talk about how, you know, people say, oh, it's Japanese developers, that's why you don't have any, like, people of color in your games. And I'm like, look at look at Final Fantasy 7, just look at, you know, Midgar as it is. You have so many different ethnicities within Midgar itself, um, in the different sections of Midgar. And then, to also have such a prominent uh, co-director uh, take time to understand the nuances of how, how society changes and to ensure that there is a message in a game as big as Final Fantasy VII that it is okay to just be happy with being beautiful and that beauty standards don't have a gender. I think it's just something that I couldn't have this podcast uh, without bringing up. So Brandon mm. and and what... Just oh, have can fucking sh- shout out oh uh, no it was my happened. computer I'm sorry my computer <laughs> okay <laughs> uh, so yeah Brandon I- and Austin since you guys did uh, get to play through that how did how did that section make you feel
1: I th- you go ahead man I think I think it was really well so I haven't finished OG FF seven but I had played a little bit before I played remake and I certainly saw that scene and I know that was a big concern for a lot of people going in for remake that they wanted to make sure that scene remained intact. Bec- and there was something they worried about and i remember even before remake had come out the developers that were very clear that no 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 it'll be there we'll, we're, we want to give it justice and after watching the scene oh boy did they the fact that they were even thinking about adding the pole dance scene means they were not only planning on giving that scene justice but going beyond because mm-hmm. there was no pole dancing in the original that's 100 would have been something that they would have added to it but everything that they had with like um I'm trying to like skirt around spoilers, but like with the with the dress and the dancing and like everything else that was surrounding it, it was just incredible. It's just like, not only was it there, but they leaned into it so well and not even necessarily played as a joke. Like it was just like a scene of beauty. Like it was art. I would, I would call it pure art. Just like everything about it. It was just such a spectacle. Just everything about it. Just like they did it so much justice. I was, I was, I was happy to sit down and watch it Like no, no shying away from whatsoever, just fully embracing it. It was beautiful. I think what you said really quick, I think is so important because there's so Mm -hmm. many opportunities to make
0: jokes about that scene, right? Like Mm -hmm. it is a built-in joke, right? Like depending on how you, how
1: you take it. And I think it was certainly meant to be a joke in the original. Like that's how they were playing it in that game
0: and i think uh well i mean okay and i think uh and <laughs> like i take a, a, a i take a look at a game like yakuza like a dragon right that game i really enjoy it but there's so many moments that you know they take and they make a joke out of something and you know that's that that's the timbre of that game and i'm i think like final fantasy VII remake had opportunities to do that and instead they really took a chance to convey a positive message instead of um instead of doing that and I think that's something I can appreciate Austin did you want to jump in on that before I move on
4: no, I, I feel like you guys said everything uh I my only thing in the original I I I understand that like there's there's potential roots of comedy in like how different or absurd absurd it might have been for 97 or whenever the game came out but mm-hmm. I think if you play through that part of the game like they aren't cracking jokes they aren't yeah, like, making like a lot say. of like comments and stuff about it it's just like Cloud's like, "Oh, I am kind of uncomfortable." And everyone's like, "Ah, oh, you're fine." And it just like the mission goes on. Like there really isn't like even that much attention drawn to it until you get into the Honeybee Manor and So yeah, no, I think you guys agree fucking pretty. It. Yeah, hard agree.
0: Got to get the good mm-hmm. gre- got to get the good dress though Can we just dress? like
2: get a petition going to have like pole dancing in Final Fantasy 7, but it's subtle? Yes. He is <laughs> Okay. Oh. Yes. I picture
1: it. Picture sword. it. Yes, Sephiroth but I'm could picturing dan- him pole like, dance on his sword, and it's, no, it's long like, enough.
2: I'm picturing like him, but like in the Lil Nas X video, whenever he's like yes! pole dancing down to hell, <laughs> and I'm imagining <laughs> Sephiroth with like one wing and like pole dancing down to That's hell, fucking like good. like I I have a vision. Position, yes. and I, I, I'm sure if I we look, look it up. Someone's
3: already animated it. Oh I'm please, so yes. for this vision. just
2: put it in the chat. It's for research only. It's <laughs> for nothing else.
3: Yeah,
0: <laughs> uh, so one of the last topics I want to talk about is Epic Games is making Fortnite's party chat and anti-cheat tools free for everyone. And this is really important because now Fortnite obviously is the game that is a uh, crossplay. play So um, this article is from Games bot.com written by Alessandro Barbosa and it says Epic's easy anti-cheat isn't a new tool but it had previously only been licensed out by Epic to studios willing to pay. As the prevalence of cross-platform play has grown Epic has seen the need to provide the software for free given how more and more gamers are uh, games are letting players interact with PC platform where most cheating software is available. Um, This is the same anti-cheat software used in massive online games like Fortnite which is a good example of how effective it can be. It isn't perfect cheaters still make it through while some players can be false. Flagged, but it's likely one of the best solutions for studios that can't pioneer their own. Now, I've been talking mad shit about Epic. I won't lie. I've been talking mad shit about Epic because I think this whole Epic versus Apple shit is bullshit. Um, but I think this is really fucking awesome, allowing um, people or allowing devs to have your anti-cheat tools, especially because with crossplay, obviously we know a keyboard and mouse is almost always going to be better than a controller or a pad. <laughs> yes, Kelly. <laughs> or anything else that anyone uses. So I think this is this is pretty, pretty uh, dope stuff. Anybody want to comment on that really quickly? What that could mean, how you feel about it before I move on to the last topic?
4: It's cool. I don't I really have yeah, much to say. Great. it's It's really good as as a developer uh that's a good thing the more tools you give out to people for free the more cool stuff gets made um and so i'm I'm just i'm excited i'm epic uh is another large corporation and they do their things you know good or evil somebody else's choice but uh when they do stuff like this i feel like
0: it's really uh it's great it's really cool it's really awesome um there is an auctioned Yu-Gi-Oh card (laughs) <laughs> the bidding stopped after reaching $13.4 million. I know I talk shit about um, what happened with the uh, Pokemon cards and how they're un- inaccessible now. Um, I just want everybody out there listening to know that somebody just bought a Yu-Gi-Oh card for $13.4 million. And the real problem here is the person who bought it because why do you have
1: $13.4 million? Why $14. are you spending a million dollars on a card? blue ice, White Dragon? <laughs>
0: you have too much money. That's, that's what I wanted to say about that. Uh, last Dude, thing is... Uh that it was sonic's 30th anniversary brandon i know that you watched the concert did you want to talk about it really quick
1: yeah i'll, I'll make it i'll make it real quick that concert was incredible like it was like it, it ended up being two hours but it was such an enjoyable two hours i actually ended up watching it with uh, with marissa via discord and we oh, were just catching wow. over admitted. all the different songs i put a message on general no one said nothing nothing yeah so, call them uh, out brandon i'm gonna though. i'm gonna continue anyway Got yeah so Got i was like so the so yeah it started off with like orchestra sections like a bunch of different games from Sonic the Hedgehog original to like current stuff. Then they went into like the rock band, to the Tomoyo Otani band, and then Crush 40, which is incredible. And the last two songs, they combined the Crush 40 rock band with the orchestral music, and it, they were playing it together. It was incredible. Yeah, no, if you have any interest in Sonic, uh, definitely go watch that VOD. It's on the Sonic the Hedgehog YouTube channel. It is 100% worth it. It's like one of the best game concerts I've ever watched, and it's free. So, yeah. All right. So um, we have a few more minutes left and I still have
0: Austin here. Is there anything you guys want to talk to him about before I uh, <laughs> close the, uh, but uh, anything that you want to talk to him about that he could actually talk about
1: before I, before I
3: end the podcast. Um, anyone else want to go first?
1: <laughs> I, I'll go first. Cause I have just one, because again, most of my other questions were already covered. Um, Austin, I just, this is more of an opinion question as someone that is in the industry. Um, you know we have seen games like uh, uh, cyberpunk which had like cr- which suffered from crunch and okay. did not turn well uh, turn out well for it and then you have examples like the last of us part two which did have crunch and okay. you know but did turn out well in terms of sales. Um, what, as someone that's that's in the industry in the industry, why do you feel like crunch is necessary? and I guess what I mean by that is, I'm sure that's like determined by people that are like high up to determine like um, what schedules would be necessary to like make sure the game releases its deadline or whatnot. like, what do you think is the thinking behind that? That, that about whether whether a project needs to crunch or whether it doesn't need to crunch? Because I I'll give another example: Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart came out it's getting rave reviews, and they multiple devs have come out saying they didn't have to crunch. So, what's your opinion? Why? why what do you? Th- why do you think that some devs find it necessary and some don't?
4: Uh, so my, my hope is that no dev finds it necessary or wants it, or feels like it's something that they can or should fall back on. Um, Mm -hmm. my hope is that it's only ever employed because, you know, life is life and things don't go according to plan. And, and when that happens, you, you, you know, you've committed to something committed to a deadline and therefore like you commit to doing this thing. I, I personally don't think I think crunch should be avoided literally at all costs. I'm a producer. So like my entire job is literally like, or not my entire job, but a large chunk of it is doing that planning that you were talking about. And uh, it's really important for me to understand like that people take time off, that people get sick, that, you know, like that life happens and I should be building out any of my schedules or timelines or whatever to accommodate as best as possible for those things. And then there's a level up above that, which is senior leadership at any studio, then has to kind of be like, is this a cultural thing that we want to allow, right? Like, I've worked at places that do, that don't, but the places that don't are like, it's fine, we'll just push back our date, like, we'll be okay. And a lot of times those can be larger places because they have the, you know, capital to like, lose potentially if they go back another month or two. Like, Um, absurd. Exactly. Yeah, like, plenty of places. Um, But... Yeah, at the end of the day, I, I think, I think crunch is a really rough thing. And it takes advantage of people's like, excitement and and ownership of the projects that they work on. And it's a it's a failing of people like myself and and people in my role, because we're not just not planning well. uh, Mm. We're not understanding our teams as well as we could. We're, you know, like, we're we're pushing more for the date than for the people. And I think anybody in a production role, anybody who's in the development industry, the game development industry should be caring about the people more than the product, right? Like because when you care about the people, that's when you get good that's when you get good shit, I think.
1: Okay. Very good answer. Thank you. I that answered like that. Every, every facet that I was going to uh, question on. Thank
0: because you. I care about the people at 3 Critical.
1: And you should too by checking out
3: hbcritical.com if you need proof of that this man did not let me work i did not even even he didn't even let me do my social media uh duty he was going on, was vacation, on vacation because it was his birthday That's That's and great. then
0: he was like i still want to work and i was like unacceptable and then it was like, three E3 of them yelled at me. i don't care three of them yelled at me and i was like no you need time off and i think everyone yeah. deserves that time you know even if you think you Absolutely. don't you do I did. You, I did mess some things up while he was gone, but that's okay. He didn't, we, he didn't. burn the place to the okay. ground, though. So Right. Like the world off. kept turning. Right. Like, exactly. like We're still he here. Turns. You know what I mean. And that's what matters. Um. I think. I, I think. I think. I'm out of time. Wait, so... The game had
1: questions. No, no I can't. Right. I just found out I can't ask the questions. <laughs> <laughs> the game
0: can't oh. ask any questions.
1: Damn. Did no one else have any questions?
3: <laughs> oh. Well. No. I do have one simple question. Uh. This okay. is kind of like a personal thing, but working in you know the industry that you do, how I don't, this is going to sound weird, but like how, how important is a college degree to get into the industry?
4: That's a really good question. Um, and so it's, it's actually really hard to answer because it's so, it varies so wildly by place and by hiring manager and by company. Um, I, I will tell you this. I have a college degree, but my college degree is in European history. Uh, it has nothing to do with video games. Um, I went to college because I was told I needed to go to college, I incurred the dead. I did the whole millennial thing, like I am, like I lived that life, but about like in my early 20s, I was just like, oh, I need to like just go do the thing I want to do, and it took me a little bit to get there, and I've had like ups and downs, I've been laid off two different times since being in the industry, I was out of the industry for like four-ish years in between QA and production, but I... uh just kind of kept at it and kept networking and talking to people. And now I've been doing production for almost seven years. You know what I mean? So it, it, it's helpful for like getting a degree or a certificate of something is helpful for like special specialties, uh, artists, programming, um, audio engineering, like those things where you have to be technically savvy and know the tools and other things, it's gonna be helpful there. But other, other things like production, um, operations, uh i'm forgetting like a bunch of stuff here um even design i don't think you need a degree for design i think you can learn a lot from playing games from watching stuff on youtube from you know what i mean like there's a lot of there's a lot more ways into the industry than just like get a degree at this school that says they'll give you a degree because like game degrees are still like what like 10 years old max like people haven't been Mm -hmm. giving them out that long it's not like you, you could probably just like hit somebody up on twitter ask if they'll mentor you and then like if they do have a better route that way than yep. you know getting a degree, potentially. No promises, obviously.
0: Of course. you know, you you remind me of I I graduated right. I have a I have a degree in English, and Congrats. I thanks. <laughs> and I was like, I am going to go be a video game writer. And I started to apply for places and they were like, we're looking for creative writing degrees. And I was like, holy fuck, I did the wrong thing. God damn it. Like, I completely fucked that up for four years. So uh, the reason I, I bring this all around is because the the good thing about it, and I mean, Austin, you can probably touch on this, but I think the good thing about it is if you do have that degree, you can use those skills sometimes because like, I'm able to use my English degree because whenever I write reviews, it literally goes back to because all I did was like analyze fucking books like for four years Sorry. It's like literally it's always like why did this author decide to do this like why did they um why did they write this why did they say this and so those those skills are really helpful when reviewing video games right so like what was the purpose of them adding this like how why are the characters the way that they are etc and I think even if you don't like I I, I did nothing with uh, video game journalism with my my English degree right but I mean here I am running a video game website so I think a lot of times it it is all about what you do with those skills um, with your degree. Now, Austin, I mean, I don't know how much of your degree you've actually used. Um, have, has there been any, like, situation in which you've called back on on any of those? Skills? Uh, None at all?
4: No, like, may- maybe, like, learning from history, you know what I mean? Like, that whole adage of, like, we got to learn from our past, to like, not do the same mistakes in the future or whatever, like, I try to take that with me pretty much everywhere, but, like, no, like, I learned how to write academic papers 20 page academic papers don't use that I learned a lot about history which was cool love that didn't use any of that Um, I learned about like people skills and stuff but that was always that's kind of like my soft skill just like naturally and I think yeah I I, I think that if you're at any stage in your life and you're like damn I want to do this thing but I feel like I'm on the wrong path like I know it's like a cliche, but you like you can you can start to shift. You don't have to do like the breakneck. Like okay, I was doing this, now I'm going this way. Like it doesn't have to be like a snap in the other direction. You can take steps. Like I was working at the Apple store uh, and the retail store uh, when I met a guy who worked at Zanga in Boston, and I was talking to him about games. I was like, oh yeah, I totally want to get in. And he's like, oh come to the IGDA meetup in Boston. Um, this week is monthly, and then I went and we just started talking, I started meeting people, Irrational was hiring, and I just applied. And it was like, I just tried, you know, I just kind of put the effort in and it's not going to work out and it's going to be hard. I I have friends who have been trying to get into different parts of the industry for five years or 10 years and like have applicable experience. I hate that about the game industry, it is like a life goal to make the game industry more accessible to people because it's fucking bullshit how hard it is for people to get in. It doesn't matter where it just it's fucking unfair and dumb. And uh, so I I don't like that. But if I'll put it like this, anybody listening, um, or anybody here, if you want to talk about how to get in, if you have like dreams or aspirations, and you want to talk about feasibility, you want to be connected to people hit me up like I want to help people I want to like connect folks I know a lot of really wonderful people who oftentimes are very open to helping and at a minimum might be able to point people in certain directions that could be helpful um you have to do a lot of the work on your own and that's really fucking hard and I'm sorry for that ahead of time but um if you'll know if it's worth it uh when you hit your first like major roadblock I think
0: um yeah i was hoping that i was going to get some story about how your history degree helped you with q a and uh, uh bioshock infinite but that thing. ended up
1: turning into a different kind of inspirational story i think
0: <laughs> which awesome you and i have to talk about bioshock at some point because i yeah. have thoughts yeah
1: i, I can't love
0: wait. it but i have thought i can't wait they're not all great um anyway <laughs> it was a great game though anyway with that thank you so much Austin for joining us it's been thanks for having amazing me. I you know I can't thank you enough you're a, a, one of the best people uh and and <laughs> he was so serious like I I I've been able to just talk to him about everything so um where yeah. can people talk to you at what's your uh what's your best way to contact I think, you? I think
4: uh I mean I'm really uh, like probably Twitter is the best place to start the contact point um a master tree uh is my handle um sorry there's a siren going but i don't know if you can hear that um but like i tend to prefer discord it's just like i check discord more um and it's also where a lot of the communities and stuff are so um yeah a master tree on twitter hit me up uh don't be shy uh also don't be a dick but
0: uh i'm gonna assume the best oh my god no our listeners aren't dicks I hope. (laughs) But but you know what? We've gotten some really shitty emails. So, you know, that is. You never know. I forgot to read it. I'll read it. I'll read our latest email on the next podcast. It's a banger, very full full of wonderful racial slurs. Um, Anyway, uh, with that, once again, thank you so much, Austin. It's been a wonderful time. And of course, thank you, Kelly, Cape, and Brandon. Um, And I think, yeah, we're going to wrap this up. Uh, I don't think I have any more announcements. That's it. Okay, so bye, everybody.
4: Bye. Bye. Thanks.